This is the Horse Radio Network. When I was a kid, I dreamed of going to horse camp. There was nothing in the world that sounded better than riding horses, making new friends, and leaving the world's worries behind. The good news is, horse camp doesn't just have to be for kids. That's why I'm excited to announce the Leadline's premier ranch retreat for equestrian entrepreneurs, happening this upcoming fall in upstate New York. You're invited to join me on October 11th through 14th for our first ever horse business getaway, complete with trail riding, kayaking, and of course, all of the fun horse camp stuff that grown-ups should get to enjoy too. Space is limited and spots are booking fast, so hurry over to theleadlinepodcast.com slash ranch retreat. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash ranch retreat, or click the link in our show notes to find out more. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Hey, it's Mandy, and welcome to episode 38 of the Leadline Podcast. If you've been an entrepreneur for any amount of time, you're likely accustomed to hearing terms like masterclass, mastermind, master this, master that, all thrown around very loosely throughout the business community. Today, we're going to talk about the true meaning behind the term mastermind and how joining one can help you grow both personally and professionally. You're going to hear from small business mentor and mastermind facilitator, Karen Greenstreet of the Success Alliance. Now, Karen is a mastermind facilitator, which means she runs her own mastermind groups, but she also teaches other business owners how to run mastermind groups for their brands as well. Karen gets calls and emails daily from people across the globe wanting to know more about mastermind groups. They've tried the self-help programs, they've tried the online courses, but ultimately, mastermind groups can be one of the best ways to help people reach their goals and create a fulfilling, successful, and happy life. That's so important. So whether you're interested in joining a mastermind group or starting one of your own, Karen believes that masterminds are the wave of the future. So listen closely as she helps you get set up for success here on today's show. Here's Karen Greenstreet. Hey, Karen, welcome to the podcast today. Great. Thanks for having me. It's so good to see you face-to-face here. I'm, I'm, we're doing a video here on the podcast. And even though our listeners are hearing the audio version, I get to see your face, which I've seen many times because I watch a lot of your videos and I've gone through some of your online classes and your YouTube videos. So I feel like I've seen you a lot, but we've never talked before. I know. It's great. It's like, it's like oh, we finally get to meet in like real person. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm really stoked to just dig into our topic, which is all about masterminds today. And you are just the expert on masterminds. And one of the reasons I'm familiar with you is because I've taken at least one of your online courses that teaches people how to grow and build a mastermind. And one thing that I've discovered being in the equestrian industry space myself is that there's a lot of confusion around what a mastermind is. So I wanted to talk to you today to just kind of unravel what a mastermind means, what their purpose is, and really just dig into that today. I'd love to hear from you just to kick things off. What is a mastermind? Yeah. And the word gets bandied about 
a lot. People have like master classes or they have mastermind groups, which are really more like a Q&A session or a training session. So it's confusing to people. Um, and then some people have never heard the phrase at all. So, so the idea of a mastermind group is it's a group of people who are in a similar situation. They're all business owners. They're all trying to get fit. They're all trying to be good parents, whatever their thing is, whatever their goal is they're trying to achieve. They come together and they meet on a regular basis so that they can help each other to create smart goals, to make good decisions or better decisions, to solve problems fast as they're moving forward with their action plans, to even create smart action plans so they know what they're doing and the order in which to do things. And they have a group of people that are holding them accountable for getting things done and moving towards their goals. And so it's this amazing support community that gets created. And for some people, they create them because they've all, all the group has studied a class together. And now they're like, okay, great. We've studied it, but let's use it. How do let's support each other while we're trying to implement what we just learned. So you can see that it could be used in all kinds of different situations, but the idea is that they get together and they meet consistently in order to help each other move forward in whatever way they want to move forward. When you say consistently, what does that look like to you? Well, I always laugh. I always say there are no mastermind group police. So there's no, no one's going to tell you how to run your mastermind groups. But typically a group might meet once a month. It might meet every week. You know, it just depends on what the group is designed for. So if you're doing something, say that you want to get more physically fit and lose weight, then meeting once a week might be a really smart idea, at least for the first few months as you need that support. Or you're starting a new business. Even a million questions meeting once a week might be the right thing. Some groups only need to meet once a month because that, you know, they, they have a lot to do between meetings and it's too much to meet once a week. And so the point is, is that it's consistent, whatever it ends up being. Based on what you're describing, it almost sounds like an accountability group. And I know there, like you're saying, there are a few different kinds of masterminds out there. But what's to say that someone isn't just going to say, well, I'll just start an accountability group and have an accountability buddy. Is that what this is? Is it an accountability group? A bit of it is, but that's not all of it. Because the idea of a mastermind group is in each meeting, a member gets on what we call the hot seat and they become the focus of the conversation. So that person prepares and says, okay, for my hot seat this month, I want to talk about this topic. I need help with this specific situation. I need help making a decision. I need to make sure that all these crazy ideas in my head make sense, you know, um, and so they ask the group for help and the entire group focuses on them for whatever time period the hot seat is. And the idea then is that that person gets exactly the help they need in that moment. And the next meeting they come, they could ask a completely different question. It's just what is most important to you right now? Where do you need help right now? So it is kind of a combination of coaching, consulting, sometimes a little, you know, um, quick training. Maybe that's, they're like, how do you do this? And people say, okay, here's the steps to do that. Just a quick training. But it's also the accountability piece. Okay, thanks for your support. Thanks for giving me all these ideas. What are you going to do with those ideas? What's your next step? And being held accountable to take that next step and get it done before the next meeting. So an accountability group is really all about productivity and not really about the masterminding. A mastermind group is about each person getting specifically the help they need in depth, not just sort of a real quick, you know, two minute answer, but, you know, many, many minutes in the hot seat. And also that accountability. Some mastermind groups, that accountability is not really a big part of their mastermind group and others, it's everything. And so how much accountability 
happens in a mastermind group is completely up to the facilitator. Mm, so it sounds like you can really go in a couple different directions based on the members, really. Yeah. Yeah. What do they need? What are their goals? And do they feel that they need that accountability or want that accountability? Are they looking to have their feet held to the fire? You know, um, do they have a specific action plan that they need to accomplish? And they need to be able to report into their group and say, guys, last month, I promised you I would get these things done. And I did get them done. And I feel really great about that. Or I got 75% of them done. And here's where I'm struggling. You know, do the people in the group need that kind of conversation? Mm. So I want to kind of take a couple different approaches to our conversation today, because I, I think we can go in two different directions. And I want to start first by asking more questions as someone who might be interested in joining a mastermind, and then take the conversation a little bit later into starting a mastermind, because I think we're going to have listeners who are interested in taking either approach, maybe both even. So let's start out first by talking a little bit more about joining a mastermind as a participant. Can you kind of break down what a mastermind meeting should look like? So what you want to make sure is that you're going to get into the hot seat on a regular basis. Now, I've seen mastermind groups where there's 12 people in a group. They meet once a month and each person gets one hot seat or there's only one hot seat each month, which means that 12th person has to wait a whole year to get help. That doesn't really seem logical to me. So the first thing you want to find out is, is how often am I going to get in the hot seat? How often is the group going to focus on me and what I need? The second thing you're looking for is the people that are going to be in my group with me. Do they have similar goals? If my whole thing is about um, being a good parent and they all want to talk about climbing the career ladder, do we have anything in common? So you want to know that the facilitator has put together and vetted a group of people that are like-minded and have the same kinds of goals. doesn't have to be the specific goals, but it has to be something along the same area. So you have something to talk about, right? And share best practices and things. You want to know a little bit about the facilitator. What is their expertise in the topic? Is it someone that you know or someone that you can trust? And then all the logistics. Well, when does the group meet? Is it meet in person or is it meet virtually like through Zoom or something like that? How often do we meet? How long are the meetings? What is the commitment I'm making? Because in a mastermind group, you're committing to the group. I'm going to show up and be there for you so that you will show up and be there for me. That's the, the reciprocity you're looking for. The other piece is that you're committing to yourself. So people who join mastermind groups are saying, there is something in my life I want to change and I'm ready to do it now. And I want the group's support doing that. I've tried it alone. It doesn't work alone. I need the group to help me. And I'm getting stuck and I need to get over these brick walls faster than I can on my own. So part of this is, what is the group all about? And the other part of it is internally inside of you, are you ready for a mastermind group? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. What is the difference between this kind of meeting versus like a group coaching setting? Because I think there might be some crossover there, but I know that it's different. So what, yes. what is that difference? Well, so the word coaching, you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. The word coaching <laughs> is bandied about and used in a lot of different ways. So the International Coach Federation says that group coaching is a coach who's been trained as a coach in a coach school coaches individual members essentially while the others look on, but the others are not offering advice or, or input. And in the ICF world, coaches do not offer advice. In a mastermind group, they absolutely do. So that's the difference in that very strict coaching world thing. Then there's other coaches that really are consultants or mentors or gurus, whatever they want to call themselves. They call themselves a coach. Their coaching groups typically are really essentially Q&A. 
you ask the coach a question, they answer it. The other people don't jump in. There's no accountability. There's no brainstorming. You know, it, it's, it's strictly Q&A. And so you really want to know what is the format for the meetings? Are there things like hot seats and do I get them often or do we do like one hot seat a meeting and the rest of it's just Q&A? Yeah. One thing I love about the mastermind format is that you're almost getting like access to multiple coaches, even though they aren't actual coaches, you're getting right. so much more access to multiple people and multiple opinions and ideas in that setting than you would yeah. with just one coach. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing. I mean, we're all grownups, we're all adults. So we have experience and we've read and we've taken classes. So we have a lot to bring to a group. Even if we don't have the experience in doing this, so say that the group is about, I don't know, marketing. Well, you might not have a lot of experience in marketing, but you might have just taken like this ultra amazing marketing course. You have a ton of information to share. So I always say to people, it's like, do you know when you get together with a bunch of friends and you're sitting around having a cup of coffee and one of the people say, hey guys, I got this problem. Can you guys kind of brainstorm it with me? And the creativity is amazing. It's like everybody feeds off of each other. The energy is high. And it's like, you want that kind of a situation, but in a consistent basis, which is why you want a mastermind group. So knowing the difference between a mastermind group, group coaching, any, you know, a training session, a masterclass, I mean, knowing those distinctions, I think really helps. Definitely. Now let's talk pricing a little bit. Like once again, as the participant, there's a lot of masterminds out there. I've seen a huge range of pricing when it comes to joining masterminds. I've seen them for a couple hundred dollars a month. I've seen like $20,000 programs. Yeah, I, yep. I can't tell you and how many months in it was. Between. But, yes, <laughs> yes, right, there's right. definitely a huge range. So how do you know which one's the right fit for you? And how do you know like what's too expensive? Right. Well, of course, what is your budget is is a natural question. And that's sort of given. But I think the thing is, is look at what they're offering and what does it include? So is it strictly a once a month mastermind group meeting and that's all that it is? Or is it does it include some training or does it include maybe also a Q&A session as well as a mastermind group session? Or does it include some self-study or does it include some resources or a retreat weekend or whatever? What does it include? So that'll help you get a judge on the pricing. The other thing is, is that, you know, who is the leader of the group? Who's the facilitator? Because if it's someone that you know and like, and they have a lot of experience and they have a lot to share, they're more valuable and you're going to pay more for that. So if you get to Tony Robbins mastermind group, you're going to pay 20 or $30,000 a year. You know, if you get into my mastermind group, you're going to pay four or $500 a month. And so it really just depends on those kind of things. So part of it is, is reading the marketing material very clearly. So you understand what you're getting as part of it. And then looking at who who's running the group, what is their experience? What is their background? Is it someone that you can trust? Is it someone you like? Because you're going to work with them for a long time. So make sure that someone's like, oh, I really actually would love to work with them. And then what is that value to you? And so every person has a different price point. So if I said to you, well, you know, you can join Weight Watchers for, you know, $30 a month, or you can join, I don't know, the Tony Robbins Fitness. I, I'm making it up. I don't know even know if he has, but it's, it's $50,000 a month. You have to decide what your budget is personally. What can you afford and what do you want to invest? So the real key here is go back to your goals. What is it you're trying to create in your world? What are your, what's your vision for your life? What are the things you want to change? And what's it worth to make those things happen? How are you going to feel when you've achieved those goals? And is, and is that goal worth investing, not just money, but your time? Because you're going to commit to the group. You're going to commit to showing up for every meeting. You're really going to do the work you say you're going to do between meetings. So you've got to say, okay, 
I'm going to invest money, but I'm going to invest me. And what's that going to cost me? And what's that worth? Yeah. So there's a couple of things to think about, but I have, I've seen groups for $200 a month and I've seen groups for 1500 or 2000 a month. Those are the factors that, that depend. It also depends on the level of people in the group. If you're looking at a group that's for like CEOs and C-suite executives, it's going to be a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month, just as a given. If you're looking for a group of, you know, uh, new parents, it might be only two or three hundred dollars a month. So part of it's a topic. Sometimes some topics just are not as expensive as other topics. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you really are paying also for access to the facilitator as well. And depending on who that person is, sometimes you're just paying to get in that circle of people. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not just the masterminding and the and the support that you get. It's also the network that you get. Yes. And so this is a group of people you're going to be able to rely upon. You might do joint ventures with them. You might, you know, you might find that you can co-parent with them, with the kids and you know, have play dates. You, you know, you're going to create these friendships and these relationships with these people and the people that they know. And so you're thinking, oh, I really want to get into this group because I want to work with a facilitator around this topic with this set of people who are really going to escalate what I can do and elevate me. Absolutely. Now, in terms of time commitment, most masterminds that I see have a minimum of, I think the shortest I've usually seen is three months, but six months is pretty typical. What's normal in your mind for the duration of a mastermind group? So it's really interesting. Some groups are absolutely join and stay until you're no longer receiving value. And there's no time limit at all on it. Um, those are the exception, not the rule. Most people ask you to make some commitment. And part of that is, is you want to know that the other people are going to show up for meetings. So when you're making your three month or six month or one year commitment, you're also knowing the other people are making that same commitment. And so you know that you're going to be with the same group of people. I have seen commonly three, six and 12 months is pretty, are common. And the purpose of choosing one of those durations is what is the goal you have and how long will it take you to achieve that? If you want to lose 10 pounds, then joining a fitness group for three months is probably enough. If you want to you know, grow a business from scratch, probably 12 months is a little bit better because it's going to take some time. So part of this is what are your goals and how long will it take to achieve them? And once you've achieved that goal, is there a next goal or is that the ultimate goal? And then you'll be done and you don't need the group anymore. So part of this conversation is, how long do I need that? Mm. So Karen, let's say I've joined a mastermind group and I've started attending the first couple of meetings. And after a few months in, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not vibing with the group. It wasn't what I expected. What do you do as a participant when you're in a mastermind and you realize that it wasn't exactly what you were expecting? You need to talk to the facilitator. You just need to have, and I sometimes that's an uncomfortable conversation because it's usually someone that you really trust, someone you like, someone you don't want to tell them, I don't, I'm really disappointed in what you've created. <laughs> you know? um, but to have that kind of an honest conversation and say, you know, it's just not working for me. What are my options? And to have that conversation, the facilitator might say, I have another group you can join that might be a better fit for you. They might say, let's start working one-on-one instead. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things that you can do. Yeah, it's really helpful when the facilitator offers options too. And I've yeah. have, I have I have heard of that where sometimes they'll take you into a one-on-one setting instead because maybe that was what you needed, not so much the group setting. Yes. Yeah, so part of this is, are your needs more than what the group can give you? Say you're starting like a new business or something like that. You have a lot of needs and you have a lot of questions. Are you going to get all of them answered in your mastermind group? Or do you really need some one-on-one time with the, with the facilitator, the coach as well? 
do you feel like you're not able to communicate with the other members between meetings? So if you had question, a question came up, is there a message form, a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, a, an email chain? Is there some way of communicating with people and asking them their opinion or not? So that might, you, know, you have to think about, well, why are you unhappy with the group? Is it you don't get along with the personalities or is it you need more from the group or there's a person in the group who needs more from the group and you're finding that you feel like they're weighing you down? You need to be clear about what it, what's not working for you. So a good facilitator should be able not only to put together a group of people who really will work well together, but to be able to manage that group and the group dynamics in that so that this situation never comes up. So part of your thinking is, is does this person know what they're doing when it comes to putting together a group? So I don't have to worry about whether this group is right for me. I know the, per- the, the facilitator has vetted these people and it can create the environment where we're all going to be able to work together. Those are all very valid points. I think those are very important things to look at. Now, Finding the mastermind group. That's the big question. Now that we've talked about everything, yeah. <laughs> you know, that goes into participating in a mastermind group, where do you find groups like this? So the first thing, of course, is look at your own mentors. Who are you taking classes with? Who are you? What, whose books are you reading? You know, who are you uh, following on YouTube? You know, look at them first, because if they're talking about the topics you want to talk about, they may have a mastermind group or they might be able to recommend a mastermind group. A lot of local community organizations are running mastermind groups at a local level. So your local chamber of commerce, your local community center, your local um, churches and synagogues and mosques may be running mastermind groups you don't even know about. So that might be a place to look. If you can't find that or if there's not a good match, then obviously you can just Google find a mastermind group and you know, go to Google and see what's out there. I think the first thing is decide, are you looking for a group that meets in person locally to you or does that not really matter? I've been running mastermind groups for nearly 20 years virtually. We started off at tele- with teleconferences way back when. Of course, we moved <laughs> to Zoom. Um, but I can tell you that virtual groups are just as robust as in-person groups. So think about that first, because if you're looking for something local, then you're going to have to literally Google and try to find the local people who are running mastermind groups. If you're willing to be in a virtual mastermind group, then, of course, the world is wide open to you. On our website, we have a listing directory of all the mastermind groups that I know of that um, are looking for new members. You can go there. You could literally like Google mastermind group for marketing, mastermind group for parenting, mastermind group for fitness, and just see what comes up. Of course, if you Google it, you're not going to know who those people are, but you can then kind of follow them for a while and get a sense of who they are before you even approach them. Absolutely. And I've actually heard of various people that I know personally also that have done that. They've followed people for a period of time, kind of built that trust for what they were putting out there for their content. And then they did end up investing in a mastermind program with them. Yes, exactly. Now, shifting over into the next part of the conversation, which is starting a mastermind. Maybe someone wants to start one because they can't find the right group for themselves. So maybe they want to start it. That's certainly an option. So shifting over into a facilitator mindset. Where would you say people should start if they are thinking about creating their own mastermind? Well, as a shameless self-promotion, I have a blog full of content around how to start a mastermind group. So that's a great place to start. There is a book called Meet and Grow Rich, which was written maybe 10 or 15 years ago that you can get that will at least give you some ideas of how to put a group together. I think that's really the first place to start is to to watch some videos, read up on it, and just get a sense of whether this is something you want to create for yourself and for the people around you. The second thing to think, of course, is, is what is the purpose of the group I'm creating? What is our focus? 
you know, is it fitness or is it growing a business? You know, what, what are we here for? And then what kind of people you're looking for? What kind of people would be the ideal members of your group? And do you currently know anybody who fits that persona? It could be maybe students that you've had in classes. It could be your one-on-one clients that you want to bring together in a group as well as working with them one-on-one. It could be your neighbors. You know, So you need to think about like, who do I already know that I can invite to this? Then, of course, you have to do all the logistics. How, long, how often are we going to meet and where are we going to meet and all that kind of stuff. You need to be thinking about that. And then the other piece, of course, is trying to figure out well, what skills do I need to run this group well so that someone doesn't come to me in two months and say I'm unhappy with the group. <laughs> um, so it's all those things. It's the practical logistics of organizing the group. And then it's sort of the running of the group as well. There's certainly a lot that goes into it yeah. on the facilitator side. Yeah. And this is why the, this is why I feel that people should pay for a mastermind group because the, the amount of work and the amount of skill that facilitator brings either makes or breaks the group. If a facilitator is not skilled, it becomes just a chat fest and nothing ever happens and people are unhappy with that. Or the facilitator is essentially just answering everybody's questions and never creates the mastermind. And therefore it's just a Q and a call. It's just a group coaching call and it's, it's not a mastermind group. And so you know, think about for yourself, if you want to put a group together, how good are you at working with groups? And do you understand the group dynamics and helping people get into action and get over problems and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, the pricing was going to be my next question. I know we talked about how much to invest in a mastermind group, but (laughs) pricing it as a facilitator, it feels a little bit different. You know, what is my group going to be worth? And some people do try to start free masterminds. But one of the things I've seen with running anything free is that people might show up or they might just say, well, I didn't pay for that. So it's not a big deal if I miss it. Yes. Think about it. So if I ever use something for free, I say, hey, come to my meeting. It's free. And if you're like really busy that afternoon, you're like, oh, do I really want to get in the car and go over to that meeting? It, you're like, it doesn't cost me anything financially. It doesn't cost me anything to not go. So part of the reason why I suggest people, they charge something for their mastermind group, even if it's minimal, is that people their money follows their actions and their actions follow their money. And it's like, all of a sudden, if you're going to lose $100 or $200 or $400 or $1,000 by not attending that meeting, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'll get in the car and go. <laughs> <laughs> because it's painful to not go, you know? Right. And so I think that when you're, as a facilitator, when you're thinking about pricing, you need to factor in your value, which sometimes people find really hard to do. They're like, well, I don't really know what people should be paying me. But then also, what are you going to include? So like my mastermind group includes introductory level training and advanced level training. And so those things combined are worth a lot of money. So think about that. Do you already have people who are paying you for other services? They're paying you for professional organizing or for coaching or consulting or whatever. And what are they paying you for those things? Because the price of your mastermind group should be in alignment with your other pricing for the other things you're doing. So if you're charging... I don't know, $200 an hour for consulting, you can't charge $20 a month for a mastermind group. It just doesn't make sense to you or to the member. The member's like, I don't understand. I'll just work with them one-on-one because it's cheaper. It's like, no. See, so it's part of it's the business idea of how do you figure out your pricing? Exactly. It all needs to be in alignment. Yeah. So you have a lot of resources for people who are interested in starting a mastermind. You, You mentioned your blog, but I know that you have live classes, you have online workshops. I went through one of your online courses. And of course, you have your own masterminds. Can you talk to me a little bit about some of those options that you have for people that want to get more serious about launching a mastermind? 
Yeah. So if you're starting a mastermind group, I'm going to encourage you to pick up my free video tutorial. It's a three-part video tutorial. I think it's maybe 45 minutes or an hour total. And it will step you through the basics of starting a mastermind group. And that's really the first place to start. You could take great notes and figure out, okay, here's my action plan. Here's the things I need to think about. And then, of course, there's lots of blog stuff and there's videos and podcasts and all kinds of stuff out on our website. If you want more help than that, I have an introductory level class on running mastermind groups. It's called facilitator training, naturally. (laughs) Very fancy name. Um, And I also have a class on how to market and fill your mastermind group, how to design it, how to figure out your pricing. And that's called Accelerator. So those are the two live classes I have. We do them through Zoom. You know, we do them because I have people from all over the world, from Alaska to Switzerland in these classes. And then my mastermind group, which is called Synergy, which includes both a monthly mastermind group meeting and the, those introductory classes and a whole bunch of advanced lessons in all of those topics, facilitation, marketing, sales, business design. So it just depends on how much help you need. Yeah. When I started out on your website, I think because I did a Google search for how to start a mastermind, and that's how I found you, Karen. Mm-hmm. And you've got all of these great resources for free on your blog to start. And I kind of went down that rabbit hole. You know how it is with following <laughs> someone with their content for the first time. And it's just so good. You have to keep going. So. I checked out your blog and you also have some free downloads that you have available to your email subscribers. And then I think I went into another course that was around $99 and that's got a lot of resources for potential facilitators also. And one of my favorite things about the course that I had purchased from you is that you included a lot of downloads with that course, things like forms that you might need for your new members. And that was very helpful because you don't think of those things in the beginning when you're you're first trying to get started, but those forms are actually really important. Yeah, the administration side of mastermind groups is like all the stuff you need to be taking notes on and the things you need to give to your members. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there were some things that you had for new members to fill out for mastermind groups as well. And one thing that I think comes up sometimes is that people don't want to share super openly in a mastermind group because they don't want someone else to steal their ideas you know, someone from the group to think, oh, well, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll implement that for myself. And you have some different measures in place to ensure that the content that's shared within those spaces aren't shared outside of the group. Can you speak to that a little bit? So two things. First of all, I think every member should sign a confidentiality agreement that basically says what happens in the mastermind group stays in the mastermind group. Because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't feel like you could really talk. Now, in the beginning of a mastermind group, when people are just getting to know each other, they aren't willing to share everything. But as you get to know these people and you get to trust them, you're like, I'm going to tell them everything. And because I need them to understand the reality of my situation so they can help me. You know, if I hold back and don't really share the truth with them, then I'm not, I'm not going to get the help I need. So that's a gradual process. That's what the facilitator does is to build that trusting environment where people feel they can do that. The other piece is, is that you don't want competitors in the same group because the whole point of a mastermind group is to share ideas and for the other people to use those ideas in their own life. And so, you know, it's obviously it doesn't matter if you're parenting because every parent can use the same ideas. But if you're running a business and you're competing against the other person who's sitting across the table from you, you're not going to share with them your plans, your problems and the solutions because that doesn't give you any kind of a leverage and make you distinct or different from your competitors. So when people are putting together mastermind groups, I encourage them not to have competitors in the same group. Now, most like local businesses, even if they're in the same business, they only work in one region anyway. So they're not really competitors. A, a person who runs a restaurant in New York is not a competitor with a person who runs a restaurant in California, right? 
but some people do have virtual businesses that may be seen as competitors. So it's up to the facilitator to interview and vet these people and put the groups together so that that kind of situation doesn't happen. So it sounds like you don't really recommend having like a, a checkout page where people can just sign up and join your mastermind without yeah, going no. through that vetting process. <laughs> right. Because I mean, wouldn't if you're going to join a mastermind group, wouldn't you want to know that I had interviewed everybody and that I was telling you I thought these, this group of people was going to be great? I wouldn't want to join a mastermind group where all I have to do is click a button and pay. I'm thinking, who am I going to be in the group with? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And so and, and it, whether it's an application or an interview, it doesn't matter what the process is. But that facilitator has to know who these people are, what their motivations are, what their personality is like. Are they upbeat and positive or are they just going to are they like negative and going to bring down the group? You need to know that. And so I like to do an interview with everybody. It's almost like hiring your team. Yeah. You know, you're putting a team together, essentially, even though they don't work for you, you're, you're bringing a team together and you want to make sure that team. This works is well your dream team. This is your personal dream team. This is your personal board of directors. You want to know that this group of people are really going to be there for you. And you want to know that they have not only the skills and experience to share with you, but they have the right personality style, that they're not going to be overbearing. They're not going to try to dominate the room. They're also not going to be like negative shooting down every idea telling you you're a jerk. I mean, that's not going to be helpful. And so you need to know the facilitator is going to bring that kind of a group together. And the interesting thing is, of course, is typically a mastermind group attracts the kind of people who want to work with other people. So just off the bat, the very nature of it is these people want to work together. That's why they're joining a group. Mm, absolutely. Have you ever had to kick someone out of a group because they weren't a good fit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> I, I say that offhand. It's rare. It's rare. My hope is, is that when I'm interviewing people, I'm pretty good at this by now and I can know what I'm doing, but sometimes it's not right. Now, sometimes it's not right because they don't pay, in which case they're gone. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just be honest. They show here. themselves out the door. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, sometimes it's not a good fit because they need more from the group than the group can give. They need to work one-on-one -on -one with me. Sometimes, rarely, really rarely, like 1% of the time, they're actually not a good mastermind group member. They don't participate in the conversation. The topic that they bring to the hot seat is inappropriate. Either it's too lightweight. You know, so say you're running a group for like senior executives and someone asks a question like, well, where should I run meetings? You're like, you are a C-suite executive. You're bringing that to your hot seat. So once in a while, I get someone who really isn't willing to open up and be real with the group. And they try to skate across the surface. And you're thinking, what are they in this group for? They're not getting anything out of it. And the other people aren't getting anything from them. And so you need to ask them to leave as well. Mm. It's rare. So don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I like to think through all scenarios. Yeah. I feel like that's the scenario where you'd be like, oh, crap, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. it, it, I would say less than 5% of the time I've ever had to let someone go from a group. I'd say more like 2%. It's really rare. But you need to know that it could happen. You need to keep your eyes out. I always tell people when you're running a group, you're at the ground level, paying attention to actually what's happening in the meeting, what's happening with the people, but you're also at this 20,000 foot level, looking down at the group saying, how is the group functioning as a group? How are the individual functioning? Are they at their, working at their peak potential? Where are they struggling? How can I help? And so you're, you have both viewpoints at the same time. Does the facilitator get involved with their own hot seat topics or do they really just focus on helping keep the group cultivated? I feel that the facilitator should not get a hot seat if they're asking people to pay for the group because they're getting value from the group. So why should they get paid? Um, now, if they're also providing like training and all kinds of other stuff. That's a different story. But typically when I see groups that a facilitator pulls together a group where they want to also be a member, often I see those groups to be free. 
you know, we talked about this whole thing about free groups and stuff. But I have to tell you that I ran a mastermind group once where we met every month for years. And it was a free group of my peers. I was a facilitator and I was a member. And that did work. But the mindset of those particular people in that group was very serious about running a business and found such value from the group that they came every month because they got value from the group. Yeah, I do think it's possible depending on the people that you've put together. And it depends on your own personal goals. Maybe you want to increase revenue in your business. And so that's why you're starting a mastermind. Maybe it's to add additional sources of income. But after I went through your course um, in the past, I think it was last summer, I had put together a group of small business owners that were in my immediate area. And there was a total of four of us. And I did have a hot seat topic, but it was mm-hmm. free. It was just kind right, of a test right. group. To, like, let's see how this works. Let's see how it works. I love that idea. It's a great chance to practice. It's a great chance to see what happens in a meeting and, and kind of get your sea legs to see whether this is something you want to do and charge people for. Do I, did I actually enjoy the experience of running this group? Exactly. It can be a good test run. And I'm a big advocate for trying things out to see if it's a good fit. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're building up your skills, it's sort of like learning how to drive a car. You want to have lots of time to practice and to um, get a sense of what the rhythm of a meeting is and what actually happens and where are some of the roadblocks and just kind of get your mastery up so that when you then offer a paid group, you feel really confident about what you're doing. Exactly. So Karen, where can people go to learn more about the Success Alliance and starting a mastermind? Well, surprisingly, it's (laughs) thesuccessalliance.com. It's not very complicated, thesuccessalliance.com. Right on that homepage is the free video. It's called Speed Up Growth. That's your free tutorial. There's a Mastermind Group Academy if you're interested in the paid classes. The blog is there. The listing of Mastermind Groups that I know are looking for members is on that homepage as well. And so from that homepage, you can get to practically everything. Awesome. Now, I know we at the Lead Line, we have a lot of equestrian entrepreneurs. Now, you don't necessarily need to join a mastermind specifically for equestrians. So I'm sure there's some groups that you have listed on your website that are just great for small business owners and entrepreneurs that have similar goals, but maybe aren't even in the equestrian industry. Right. So you need to be thinking about that. Is your industry unique enough that you'd actually like to work with people in your own industry? Be like, we all work in the in the equestrian industry. That is a unique animal, pardon the pun. Um, and... Um, And the things that we need to talk about, especially in working with our clients, our students, and the community, that is kind of a different kind of a conversation than we would have in just a standard small business mastermind group. Or really, you want all you want to talk about is like marketing, or all you want to talk about is you know how to build a team or how to whatever. And then a generic small business mastermind group would work. So, like I said. Think first about what your needs are and who you want to surround yourself with. You want to be surrounded by other people in your industry and to have that depth of conversation that you can have around specifically your industry as well as your business. Or do you really need to like have a a really deep conversation about sales or marketing or finance, in which case it doesn't matter what industry, all that matters is those particular topics. So part of this is kind of going inside and figure out what your needs are. Mm. Yeah. So review your goals first and then look for your mastermind. Right. Exactly. And you might, when you're reading different people's mastermind group sales pages on their websites, that might even give you some ideas like, oh, this person does this and this person does this. And that might give you some more ideas about, I'd really like to have that. I'd like to have that special thing that they're doing. But I like this other thing this other group is doing. And then you have to make a a choice. Exactly. Well, if you could leave people with one tip today, what would that be? 
I think that mastermind groups, I can tell you that like the amount of traffic we get to our website has been growing over the past, not just the past two years, but over the past five years. Because I think what's happening is, is people are feeling isolated. They feel like what they're doing, they're alone in. Maybe their family and friends don't understand what they're doing, or they don't really have a community around them. So they're looking for that sense of community and that sense of connectedness around the topic of their passion. And what they're also realizing is they can only just get so far on their own, that they need a group to go to that next level, whatever that next level is. And that's what I love about a mastermind group. Everyone's definition of success is as every individual defines it. So if one person wants to lose five pounds, the other person wants to climb the Matterhorn, it doesn't matter as long as you're in a fitness group together. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise on masterminds today, Karen. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional, I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation in our free online community just for you. The Leadline Facebook community is a great space to network, get advice, and even recommend guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show. You can become a member by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. And join the conversation today. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time. Oh,